Welcome back to the Always Aggressive Podcast. I'm Corey Palmer, Tanner Lipson, head coach Tony Ursland, and the legend Willie Saylor joins us. Uh, Mascot Willie, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. Doing good. It's very, uh, very refreshing to um, jump on and, and do this with you guys. You know, with all the things going on, um, I haven't had a whole lot of opportunities to do this, and you know, I know Coach Ursland from back in the day when I was. Just a bum slumming around Nebraska, <laughs> poking my head in the room, and uh, Ursula was back there, and he was a you know a good guy and a good friend. So, yeah, probably long overdue to have Willie on, especially you know the the topics that we cover and kind of what his insight and what his expertise is. So I'm I'm really excited just to to get his thoughts on on a lot of different things as we move towards you know an important part of our season, right? Big Big Tens are upon us, and then the national championships. So uh, exciting time of year. Willie, you, um, you know, the last six months has been kind of a, a bit of a whirlwind with you uh, getting to, to jump back into the fray and, and really uh, take off and do your thing, which um, I know I always enjoyed and I know Ursland enjoys. And so, um, you know, let it, watching you get kind of let off the leash and, and get to do you know, all your content and everything that you want to do um, with, with your new platform. Um, tell us a little bit about Matt Scouts. Yeah. Uh, how it came to be, you know, what your vision for it is and, and where you're going. Yeah. Well, I don't know if, a, you know, a lot of people know about the, the, how, how Matt Scouts, the name came to be, you know, um, I first, when I was first cutting my teeth in, um, in wrestling journalism, um, I started with the open mat. And at that time I was thinking about, um, started my own site. And so I got the, the graphics and the logos and the name mocked up and it was going to be called Matt Scouts. And I was going to primarily focus on, um, well, I was going to focus on everything, but with a, you know, a, a real niche into recruiting and the transition between um, high school and college was going to be my thing. And that's, you know, to this day, that's kind of like my favorite thing to cover and, maybe what I'm known for, but, um, so then, you know, I worked, I worked for flow and when I left there, there was a non-compete issue and I could, I had to sit out for a while, but my, when I left flow, my idea was, uh, to, to start the Matt Scouts thing 10 or 12 years after the original design, you know, um, which was fun and exciting for me. And so, um, like I said, with, with that, with that non-compete issue and, and, you know, it's behind me now, but um, in one of the, actually in one of the uh, trial cases, you know, one of the court proceedings, I said um, the hardest thing was um, not being able to do some, the hardest thing was not being able to be around uh, people that, you know, and, and your relationships, they don't get severed, but they got to kind of get put on hold because, you know, if, if it wasn't for the lawsuit and if it wasn't for, um, you know, now that I'm free and clear, uh, if it wasn't for the COVID restrictions, I'd be at Purdue with a camera and talking to you guys and, and, and chewing the fat and just going out for a cup of coffee and after practice and stuff like that. I mean, to me, 
you know, wrestling's my favorite thing in the world and, and wrestling recruiting sort of my niche, but it's all about relationships. If, if, if the relationships weren't great, like me and coach Ursland, I mean, what would the point of all of it be, you know? Yeah. yeah Ursland is a big relationship guy. He said that <laughs> once or twice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the thing, right? I think that's what makes Willie good too, right? It's it's not just a job, right? He's he's found his his passion and he's found a way to be able to uh, to pursue it, right? So, um, you know, I, I think that's that's a blessing. And he's been through some tough stuff here with the non compete, no doubt. But uh, you know, I, I think we all feel blessed. We get a follow and, and pursue our passion. So, you know. It's, it's, it's awesome to see he's back again, and I look forward to seeing him around, especially as COVID kind of hopefully lifts itself and we move on to greener pastures. Speaking of being around, I know, Willie, that they are, they're doing a very limited uh, media approval for this weekend at Big Tens, but we are going to be in your backyard. Will there be a Willie Saylor sighting at the Bryce Jordan Center? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, I would like there to be. Um, but you know, really for, for me and the opportunities that I've had this year, that was another bummer that happened with like, I got, I felt like I got let off a house arrest with the lawsuit. Right. I was like, yes, I can go back to go doing, doing things. And then COVID hit and it was like, yeah, if we do have media, there's not going to be. I, you can't get around the guys, right? right. So, it's like, what's best bang for my buck? And it's, you know, it's probably like, um, sitting home, banging, banging out statistics and dorking away like I do. I would much rather be there um, for NCAA's too. I, you know, I was just having conversations with some other media guys, and there, you know, there's top flight i mean some of the top i, I don't want to say it because i don't want to put it out there but some of the top flight some of the f- most full-time wrestling media guys are not did not get credentialed to be on site um so number one they're they're tough to get and frankly i'm not, i'm kind of upset with it and um but also what can you do there right like you know if Jake Rundell has a big win, um, you know, if Tommy Panola has a big win, I can't run down. I can't run over and say, Tanner, can I have a, can I get an interview with him? Cause it's non-existent. Right. Yeah. There, you'd have to do it on, you'd have to do it on zoom, which is, you could do, like you said, you can, you can do yeah. it. From your so it may, uh, it may make more sense. Yeah. I guess I didn't think about that too much, but, um, it, it, it raises some interesting points, both for Big Tens and Nationals. So yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, Big Tens, let's let's jump more into Big Tens. Pre-seeds came yeah. out yesterday. Um, start with you, Ursland, uh, specifically on Purdue. Uh, you know, what were your uh, what were some of your takeaways and, and things from the pre-seeds? I mean, listen, in a very tough year, right, limited competition, no non-conference. So some teams were paused, right? So we didn't get nearly the match count 
I thought overall they weren't, weren't too bad. You know, as coaches, we can always sit and quibble right over some things. And certainly in the seating meeting on Friday, I'm going to have some points where maybe I thought a guy, our guys, right. Specifically should be, should be uh, a spot or two higher in general. I thought they were good. You know, I think where you run into a lot of debate or where we may see some debate and I'm kind of interested to hear Willie's thoughts is, we have a lot of these young guys now and they're talented young guys, right? You have Kirk Fleet, you know, you've got, you know, the Howard kid, they didn't get many matches. So their, their match count is even lower. Their sample size is even smaller. You know, they're tough, but they simply don't have the background, right? Mm-hmm. Kirk Fleet's freestyle. He hasn't seen anybody in a good folk style. So, so where do you put him? You know what I mean? Where, where does he deserve to be? And, and so, um, you know, I think that's where there's going to be more debate or maybe people got more feelings on it. But I did think in general they were they were pretty fair, uh, you know, based on what this year's been. Willie, uh, kick it over to you, man. What did you uh, what did you think of the preseeds? I thought they were pretty spot on. I mean, there's some there's some that I always nitpick. You know, I have a big mouth on Twitter. I, I I'm very um, I'm very uh, critical of things, you know, critical of officials, critical of seating critical of rules. Um, but I thought they were pretty, I thought they were pretty good. Like coach Ursland said, there's some, there's some goofy situations with the limited season. You know, you take a guy like the Michigan's um, Dylan Raguson, right? I mean, he essentially wrestled 25, 33 cause he wasn't sure if uh, Michich was going to be in. And it, it turns out, you know, he ends up, he had two wins, over, no, he went one and one. He went one and one. At well, 33. He, at thirty-three, but at twenty-five, he had two wins that at the time seemed good, mm-hmm. but they ended up not being in the field. So he ends up zero-zero against the field, you know. Um, and I think you know a guy like your own guy, uh, Devin Schroeder. I think he sort of got. I don't know. I there was another another coach last night uh, text me and said. Maybe I hurt my chances for my guy. This is a different conference, you know, but maybe I hurt my chance for my guy by wrestling him too much. And that is like so uh, counterintuitive, so against the wrestling mantra, right? Is anywhere, anytime you wrestle, you put on the line. But like Devin Schroeder might have been a victim of wrestling too much where these other guys have freaking three and two records Schroeder wrestled everywhere every time and he took a couple losses and you know he falls down the 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 seating the seating chart a little bit but yeah no I I agree with you um we are one of I think one of three teams in the Big Ten that got every match in you know we got all nine and as Willie said you know um and and we can debate you know sometimes I wonder right or wrong do you put a guy out, but I believe in wrestling, you know, yeah. if they're ready, yeah, let, let's wrestle. And, you know, he, he dropped the tough one to Barnett. He was ahead in the second when he got rolled and then headlocked. Right. And, and pinned. So, um, well, yeah. And, and like a lot of years, you know, I'm, I'm not poo pooing Barnett, but, um, in other years you could absorb that loss because, uh, some freaky stuff happens other places. Right. This year, a lot of freaky stuff didn't happen because there's frankly, wasn't that many matches. Right. Limited opportunity, right? 
no doubt. Um, I will say this. We had a team dinner last night, and I and as I was talking to the team, I said, hey, the fact that you guys have had all of these matches, you are battle-tested, you know what I mean, and, and you're ready. And so that's truly how I look at it. You know, Devin's going to get his chance now, right? Yeah. Yeah. In the bracket, he's and he'll be ready to go. So, to me, you know, you, you hope it evens out and, and plays out the way it should, right? For for the tough schedule that we've wrestled. Sure. But I do agree, man. Like you know, in a shortened season, they, some guys kind of hid guys, you know, and, and whether or not they they hit them or maybe they were hurt, who knows? But um, but it happens, you know, and it, and it really convolutes an already tough year with a shortened season. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, quick rundown of the Purdue seeds. Um, our top seeded guy was Griffin Perry at 149. He got the three seed. Um, Kendall Coleman's the four at 157. Uh, Thomas Panola is the six at 197. Uh, Max Lyon and Devin Schroeder both got seven seeds at uh, 84 and 25. Um, Parker Phileas, Jake Rundell, both nine seeds. Garrett Ninehouse is a 10 seed. Um, and then Amos Sunland and Dorian Keyes got 12 seats. Corey, did I miss anybody? Nope, that's everybody. Not bad. Not bad. Um, Griffin Perriott, Willie, I know you are a, a big Griffin Perriott fan. Since high school. Right. No, you, yep. you've, been singing, you've been singing Griffin's praises for a long time. Yeah. Um, you know, 4-0 on a, a very weird season for Griffin, mm-hmm. obviously shortened for everybody. Um, missed some matches early with injury. Um, missed a couple matches with a, with a skin deal. Um, yeah. but, but, but sits at four and O has bonus points in the last two win. Yep. And, uh, <clears throat> and looks as good as he's ever looked right now. Yeah, um, great. you know, what do you see coming for him at, at big tens? Well, I see a big opportunity for him, you know, he'll get blockers in the quarter probably. Um, and the chance to really put the country on notice, you know, um, cause Griffin, Griffin, he's been banged up with some injuries, right? In fact, you yeah. know, he's like he's always been one of like I always say there's like kind of my guys, you know. I don't know. I got I got <laughs> close to Griffin in high school, you know. I don't just certain people you buddy up with and and um or you or you just you know respect from afar, you like his style, and that was sort of the thing with Griffin, and I've always been rooting for him. It's I don't you know, as a journalist, you kind of hear things through the grapevine and you don't know what to take as true and false. And But um, earlier this year, I heard Griffin. I was like, uh, somebody told me Griffin might, like, be done, like, career-ending injury. And I'm like, oh, no, you know. And then to see him come back so strong – to see him be so strong, I'm like – and as, as a – what is he, junior, senior now? Senior. Senior. Senior, right. So – um, I'm really happy to see his success, uh, especially this year and, and with the situations of his career. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, Griff, you know, people may, maybe he's still a little bit of a surprise just based on the fact that he didn't get to go to nationals last year because, uh, he had a, a, a very strong big 10 tournament. I mean, he honestly, he's up on Brayton Lee last year um, by a point, and then we drive him out with the underhook and get called for the, the, the stall call. I know, so, I know. Right? Which, and so that ties it up to go OT. Otherwise, that match is in hand. He's top three, top three or four at Big Ten. So 
he was really trending in the right way. And we felt yeah. have, had a very strong uh, NCAA tournament last year too. So, you know, he's at the right weight. He was at 57 early in his career. And that wasn't the right place for him. He's down. Yeah. He's yeah. But he's, he's got his weight under control. And as you said, you know, he's come back from the injury um, very strong. So, you know, I, I like where he's at and he has the talent. It's just always about the, the timing of things. And I think the timing is right for him, you know, right now. Coach, let me, can I ask you a question? Willie, I'm going to jump in here, Tanner. Willie, there are no rules. And (laughs) you know how I do it. I don't know if, you know, how much you can say or want to say, but what a goofy situation over the past um, year, two, two years. Um, What, what do you think? What, what can you tell us about some of your seniors that are, are, will they return with the, will they take the extra year? So I would say right now I have, I know I've had one express. He absolutely is returning without a doubt. And then I've got a couple that are more wait and see, like they chose to say, Hey, I want to focus on this year and really, you know, put my best foot forward and not be kind of clouded. Right. Not exactly. And then, and then make decisions and sit down and, and I can respect that. You know, I'm, I'm asking for their total commitment one way or the other. So but I can tell you, I've got one who's all in. He, he knows he's going to come back. And I've got a couple who um, are kind of wait and see. And, um, and, and, and I respect either way. You know, um, you know, these aren't professional athletes, you know, and, they're, and there's, there's scholarship money and jobs and, and things waiting. So uh, I'm happy to table that until after this year. But, but that's where we're at. We know we're going to get at least one. You know what I mean? If I had to guess, we're probably going to have a couple back and maybe lose one just, just based on life situation. Yeah. It's a uh, wrestling college wrestling is a different animal too. Like not only is a full-time commitment and everything there's, you know, for a lot of them, not only do they, they have to say, yeah, uh, I'm in for another six month, nine month grind full-time for a lot of them too, the ones that are seniors, they have to say, "Okay, I'm applying to grad school." Right? Yep. Yeah, a degree that maybe you would have no intention of using, right? So you <laughs> nothing, right? And do you pour more money into that? Like, yes, I want that extra year of eligibility, but if it's going to cost me X amount of dollars, and you know, right. I completely, I completely understand it. Um, obviously, you want those guys back. All of us coaches do. But then again, there's the, the money situation and, and it's not a, you have an offer. You have a full ride. You know, that's not the situation. That's not the reality in wrestling. So, um, you know, and that's the one thing that, that actually bothered me a little bit this year, because I know what people will default to is they'll say, well, hey, these they get next year if they want it, you know, but I've always yeah, said these not guys are not going to come back. Yeah, they won't come back. Yeah, you know, and that's not fair. So we owe it to these kids to do everything we possibly can to give them their best opportunity, which, you know, I know we could talk about qualifiers all day long, right? We thought there yeah. were problems there. Yeah. Why I get upset because there'll be some guy that may miss his opportunity and he won't come back because he. Right. So, right. yeah. And, you know, wrestling's a different thing just because the last year they could have done everything they could. Right. And they, they had to hang in the barn just because <clears> they hang in the barn that year doesn't mean it's going to, either yep. this year you know no every year's different you know you don't just pick up where you left off that's not how it always goes yep um 
Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how many kids come back nationally. Um, I'm sure that uh, Willie and uh, some other folks in the in the wrestling journalism community will do a full breakdown once yeah. that stuff all kind of goes down. And I'm I'll be I, I know me personally, I'll be really curious to see what the numbers look like when it's all uh, when it's all said and done. Um, Hey, you know, well, you know, we just talked a little bit about recruiting, so uh, we'll, we'll kick into, you know, we talked about the kids that may come back. Um, would love to hear, Willie, you're a recruiting guy. You love the high school yeah. transition. Um, would love to hear your thoughts on our, uh, our incoming recruiting class. You know, we have, we have, as of just a second ago, I just got noticed, we've signed four kids. <laughs> and um, it came know, the, three kids, nice. the three kids we announced earlier, um, Stoney Buell. Yep. Dustin Norris and Ben Venadia. Um, and then we just added Indiana high school state champion, Tristan Ruhlman to the mix, um, 220 pound state champ out of Bloomington South. Yep. Uh, that is breaking news. This is the first place you're going to hear that because <laughs> I just, I literally just got the <laughs> just email with the, with the NLI confirmation. So yeah. um, would love to hear your take Willie on that quartet of, uh, of kids that are, that are future Boilermakers. Well, yeah. You know, I told my my co-host on my show uh, the other day we were talking about it. I told him I was coming on with you guys, and we were we were talking about it a bit. And he he loves Vanadia, you know. He loves the Ohio guys that you guys uh, have coming in, and Norris, Norris, long and lanky, and uh, I think he's going to be a career lightweight for you guys, twenty five, thirty three, and really cause problems, you know, with his with his length. Um, Vanadia is another Vanadia is Brexville guy, right? Uh, mm -hmm. and it's good to get in. I mean, with the talent that they have, and they're, they're you know, they're proven winners, but also you're getting in with the Brexville teams, you're getting in with the sense with the LaSalle guys, you know. Um, so that's great. And Buell, Buell's Dundee. Yep. Yes. Right. So not only are you getting blue chip recruits, you're getting in with the blue bloods of the high school programs, too. Um, and I I wrote sort of an, a part of an article where I said that Indiana has so many outstanding. Well, I, I guess they're not outstanding nationally, but um, for my money, single class Indiana there's not too many single class state champs uh, as state championships. And if you're first or second in, in, in those States, first, second, third um, in a single class state tournament, you're probably D one or D real close to D one impact guy. And um, Indiana had a bunch of them, but Ruhlman was one that I particularly liked. And this is, this is one where, um, you know, you can evaluate, and I always say you can evaluate guys and you catch them, you know, you know how good they are when they're a seventh grader, right? And then, and then they're a, you know, they're a state placer as a freshman. And then they take first, 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 wherever they are, may be it California or Pennsylvania or Minnesota, wherever it may be. And they're a three-time state champ and they're ranked really high and everybody knows them. That doesn't mean that 
that doesn't mean that they're going to work out in college, right? There's the other type of recruit, like Tristan Ruhlman, who it's pretty it's pretty much of a trend recently with these guys that go from 138 to 152 to 195. They're doing work in college. It's, it's been a thing the past, I don't know, 10 years. And so I really like Ruhlman and I like his trajectory. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. And, and the thing I would add to that, too, I mean, Willie's talked about, you know, stylistically, those guys have developed, you know, wrestling, you know, at other weight classes would help them. But uh, also college wrestling is just a grind, right? It can be a different animal. And so those guys who are automatically four time state champs, you know, they're not always successful because they have punched in the mouth. Right. Or yeah. been tested. And, and so I, I also think there's something to be said for guys who have had to have that adversity and haven't, haven't had immediate success and they know how to fight, but yeah. they're seeing kind of yeah. hey, pretty good. Yeah. And I like those guys a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's guys that, uh, well, you see every year, you know, and it's hard as a ranker because there's guys that are five time state champs, you know, they want to state title as a, <laughs> as an eighth grader and they made a cadet world team and this and that, but as a scout, you hear that things are off. You see them in a national tournament setting, and you see that they might be a little soft, and you know they want on talent, and not you don't know if they're tough, and you know they're trailing off. And so when you do the rankings, it's like, how do you not have this guy ranked top 20 when his resume says he should be? But, like, Deep down, you know, this guy's not going to work out. So you're basically shouting to everybody. There's some problems in there, but it's, it's, it's funny. You know, there's a lot of cases where I'd rather have the recently crowned one-time champ than the five-time champ from somewhere else. Yeah, no, I would agree. It's, it's tricky business. um, Right. But, but you want to go with the guys who still have a huge ceiling and that's not always the most talented guys. Sometimes it is, but often not. So, yeah. Yeah, we just did uh, we just did a piece on the best high school wrestlers that weren't known nationally because they didn't have a college career, right? They were like exceptional, phenomenal high school guys, like almost legendary high school guys, but that never worked out in college because they didn't go or they went and they had injuries or they just they weren't that guy in college, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think we're going to reverse it. I think we're going to flip the script and say guys that didn't do really much in high school that were college stars. Right. Cause I yep. think that's encouraging. Um, yeah. I wrote, I wrote um, Dylan Lighty, Dylan Lighty, <laughs> but I mean, Dylan Lighty, I like, ah, man, I love Dylan Lighty, but I knew him in high school, right? There's guys I never heard of. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, uh, sure. so there's some guys like that, but Dylan Lighty is a great story, right? He worked and worked and worked. I mean, man. Um, and man, what was it? Labriola in the blood round in 2019. Yeah. Riding yeah. time. Couple riding. seconds. Riding time was the difference in that. You want to, huh, it's probably bad to bring up here. Right. But I mean, you want to, you want to tell, and you coach, right? I mean, you want to, you want to yep. tell 
people, you want to show life lessons about how it is to get your heart ripped out and have to jump back up and, and mm-hmm. be tough again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. And, and I would love to see that list. Like you said, it's uh it's motivational and uplifting, right? Like there's a lot of those stories of guys who have fell short for whatever reason, uh, social life, academics, just burn out, you know, day, my, my, it's not my passion. And, and, and you have those and, it, and it's interesting, right? I, it's a good read. I, I like to look back, but uh, I agree that you start looking at some of these stories of guys who have really pulled themselves up mm-hmm. and made themselves into something. I think that that's, that's a great read. I, I would look forward to yeah. seeing who's on that list. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's a wild sport, you know? I mean, like, uh, there's guys, like I said, there's guys that were five times, six times state champs last year that aren't on wrestling rosters right now. Uh, and there's also guys like, you know, you think about, I always go back to David Craig who wrestled at Lehigh, right? Now he was all world in high school, all world. Yeah. Florida boy. Florida boy went to Lehigh and every time you bring up a conversation that's like bust or never delivered or something like that, David Craig gets brought up and it rubs me the wrong way every time because the guy put in five years, he freaking qualified for nationals a bunch of times and he lived the life and he did what he had to do. And um, there's a fine line between, expectation and reality you know I, I, it's yep. just it's it's so tough and it's so it's really tough to criticize too because you're not the guy in the shoes you know no i agree no you don't know what's going on behind the scenes ever like that's the hardest part is is and, and this is this is a trend in college athletics obviously is where you know people see all they see is these line results they see that this guy lost to this guy yeah they, sure they don't always watch the match they don't know what happened the day before yeah They don't know, you know, they don't know a lot of things. And and it's really easy in this hot take society to just, to just go out there and come in swinging like, man, they're a bust. Yeah. They're a joke. Blah, blah, blah. These are real kids with real problems. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And it's the most, you know, wrestling uh, to me, wrestling is the most um, dynamic sport in the, like if you're, if you're a, blue chip wide receiver right as long as you as long as you you know you work hard and as long as in the game you like show up maybe on like five plays right you have five catches for 60 yards you did your job right Mm -hmm. and 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 Maybe that wide receiver at Purdue drops a pass once, and they're like, "Ah, you should have caught it," and it goes in the stats as a as a drop. You know what a mental error does in or, or a performance error does to Jake Rundell at 133 pounds? That's the difference between a win and a loss. Yep. That's a difference between going to the national tournament and not right. The room for error ain't isn't great, and that's not just among that's not just among the Jake Rundells that's among the Kendall Coleman's right. Like what's the difference? What's the difference between being Kendall Coleman, a big 10 finalist and being Kendall Coleman, the sixth, probably two or three little instances during that tournament. Right. 
Yeah. Yep. That's, that's the fine line. No, that's, you ain't wrong. I mean, I'll, I'll look back at the Big Ten tournament, right? Every tournament we've ever been to, Big Ten, Cliff Keen, whoever, and you'll find about, you know, three, four that, that swung the points either in your favor where you finished top yeah. year or whatever, or you were, hey, we, we did not have a good tournament, right? And it's, it's, it's just those three, four, five instances that could have flipped your points the other way, you know? And that's all I agree. Uh, Willie, you got us back on Big Ten, so I'm going to put you on yeah. the spot here. Um, give me a couple of upset picks. Give me some, some guys to watch at Big Tens from, you know, Purdue or anybody else that you think uh, maybe got seated too low, maybe has a good draw, maybe has yeah. you know, to, to, to make some noise. Let me look through here. I'm looking through. Um, I'm, I've been prepping for, for – well, I haven't been prepping, so you're catching me a little off guard, but I plan on doing a Big Ten show. Let me, let me look through the seeds here and – Tell you, um, well, you know, Schroeder and Cronin. Um, yeah, that's just the way the seeds are. That, seven over two. I don't even know the seven over two is an upset on paper, but if whatever Schroeder does is not really a surprise, right? And hard to, sure, hard to call a big returning Big Ten final upset, right? Right, so, right. I'm sure Snyder will watch this and call me and tell me. I just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. At, at 133, I don't got much at 133. I think um, I'm very interested to see what the freshman Lucas Bird does from Illinois, and I also think that when I picked Jake Rundell to beat Decatur in the duel and that came down to riding time, two seconds of riding time yes. score was tied. We lost in two seconds, two seconds of riding time. I love Jordan Decatur. He's another one of my guys, but I got Jake Rundell this go around. Jake Feldham. Jake knows what, how he, you know, how he feels. Yep. And um, I'll take Jake this, this time. Um, who else there do I like? That's about it. That's about it. Um, at 33 for upsets, right? I'm not going to break any news there. Right. Marcus Polanco got the sixth seed, huh? That's interesting. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> that means that sounds like Coach Ursula don't agree with it. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I, think we, I think we voted in there, Urs. Yeah. <laughs> I'm staying politically, or I'm staying out of it. Staying out of it. It's Saturday and we're wrestling. <laughs> I'm interested to see Chad Red versus Ironman. I just think that's a, you know, Ironman's like uh, consensus number one. And I would say he's, I would say he's better than um, Chad Red, but I think Chad made it interesting last time. Mm -hmm. And uh, Chad's dangerous. Maybe he can do it again. Now, Chad Red has to get through Dylan Duncan first, and that was a barn burner last time. Yep, no doubt. Chad Red always seems to show up in March too. Like, no doubt yeah. he does. Yeah, he does true. his better wrestling at the end. Griffin goes with Blockus. I got him over Blockus, and then gets Murin, and that'll be a great match. Although, hold on, who does Murin has? Uh, yeah. has Love it before that. Yes. Yes. You're right. Wow. So, um, 
Yes, love it in Omania, and that's going to be a uh, upper body. It's going to be a wild uh, match. Well, you know what? Craziness. Omania, two things with the Omania win over Store. Store. Number one, it told everybody in the country not to overlook him. Don't sleep on this guy, right? And number two, um, Ridge Ridge made Fargo finals in Greco. I know he's not as – Omania made world teams, right? So I get how good Omania is in Greco. But Omania isn't going to, like, win that match on, on Greco with Ridge because Ridge, Ridge has felt those things. But – so I like Ridge to win that match. But – uh Man, who knows what happens after that? With because then you get Ridge, Griffin, and Murin. Yep. No, hey, it's like a lot of the tournament, right? Like those quarter brackets. There's going to be a lot, as you said, that one one point, one takedown, either way, is going to change somebody's fortunes, you know. And there's going to be a lot of tight ones. Yep. Yep. How's my boy? Uh, how's my boy Nine House coming along? He's coming. You know, I think, you know, uh, you probably know he's he's a money guy, right? Like the closer you get to the big matches, uh, yeah. it's feeling uh, better and better. And so I think he's really excited going into his first tournament and he has started to figure stuff out. You know what I mean, um, you and I talked, he's down at 65 and so oh. he's down a little lower in weight. And so we had to get that weight under control and figure out the one hour weigh in wrestling good people. But no, I, I like where he's at, and he's a dangerous guy, you know, for, for anybody. He's he's uh I think he's on I think he's on pace. Um you know basing it on as much as information as I can, you're in the room with them. I just think, you know, I always say um true freshmen who are really solid through the year, maybe not spectacular. You know, you could be Dan Gable and come in as a freshman and, um, you know, go 10 and five or something and be solid, not spectacular. Come the dance. Those guys are dangerous because now they have a, a year of wrestling under their belt. And it's been, it's been really, I remember Joey dance, for instance, Joey dance, and so he, he's like wins Fargo wins you know, and gets what nine house has done. He's won super 32. He's won all the majors. Right. Yep. And Joey dance came in that year and he started as a true freshman for Virginia tech. And he was like, okay, not great. At the big dance, he, he AA because they, they learn it. They figure it out by the end of the time, these elite, these elite recruits. And I think, Garrett, I think I had number 10 overall, right? I mean, he's elite. Recruit. Yeah, he was top 10 pound for pound. Yeah. And so, um, you know, those guys start those guys start figuring it out, getting their weight down. And it's been especially tough. I don't know what your situation was um, August, September, October, November. But I know a, it's probably the worst year for a true freshman because they had limited time in the room, right? Yeah. Limited time at everything. Yeah. 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 No, you're, you're hundred percent right. And that's why, you know, we feel good now because we've been very regular, very consistent. You know, we've, we've passed every COVID test competed every event 
And so we've at least the last few months had some normalcy. And that's why I do. I, I expect, as you're saying, Garrett to be peaking and, and really showing that, hey, I've, you know, his what his skill sets are. It's taken him a little while to get because of that irregularity in the fall to get his feet underneath him like a lot of guys. But uh, I feel like, you know, our team's ready to roll overall. Yeah. Yeah. We'll look forward to you at a uh, at Big Ten's brother. Yeah, yeah. Couple, oh, couple small it. notes. Couple small notes about Big Tens. Uh, Penn State announced that they are going to have some limited fans at the event. Uh, Pennsylvania just opened up a little bit, so uh, they're trying to get the parents in, which is huge for the kids. Um, I know, I know, our kids were excited about it, and so it'll be great to, you know, get a few Purdue shirts in the Bryce Jordan Center and, and some hooting and holler in there. Um, a reminder: uh, Big Ten Network is going to televise the whole thing. Um, expanded coverage, never been done before. They're going to show the entire championships. So um, really excited to see what they do with their kind of uh, what lack of a, you got a better word than whip around coverage, Corey. No, like a, like, like a NFL network red zone type coverage where yeah. you know, they, they find the best thing going on and, and get to it. Yeah. So they'll, they'll do that through the first one. Then they'll show the semis on uh on saturday night and then they'll have their usual deal with the finals on sunday so Mm -hmm. that should be uh that should be great um for big 10 championships um Corey, you got anything else willie you got anything else no boiler up let's go to big 10s there we go love it (laughs) really uh shout out to you for coming on with us too guys sorry uh appreciate everything you do willie and uh hey we'll we'll be catching up uh here real soon okay yeah when these covid things uh get lifted i'd love to come out to west lafayette hang out with you for for a little bit absolutely we'll do it thanks really thanks coach hey i'm gonna try and twist uh coach's arm a little bit maybe get a, a, a special show on friday to uh talk about final final brackets and and one last look we'll, we'll work that out off the air everybody thanks for joining us it's been great willie uh we'll see you down the road Pull it up thanks,